All right, thank you for that, and thank you for being in your place this evening. And uh, we're excited to be here, thankful for our guest. And, of course, Brother Pichardo's family's here. They're visiting Daddy Pichardo, and uh, he, is, he is on the mend. And so thankful to see, it's always a pleasure to see uh, Brother Pichardo here. Continue to pray for them and their building situation. Um, it's been up and down trying to get to buy the building they're in. I, I like your location where you're at. They, uh, they're renting a building right now in Daly City, and, and it's right on the edge of a cliff. And, I mean, you can see right down the coast of San Francisco. It's beautiful. And so uh, they're trying to buy that from the church they're renting from. Pray for that, and uh, just pray for God's, God's wisdom for them, and God provides for them. And I, as Brother Joseph mentioned, I appreciate the, the missions videos we got, especially from our guys and uh, the buildings they're building. And thank you. I think it was the last missions uh, you raised, we, through our church, uh, we raised over 20000 for their building. And so when we see things like this, and we helped them with the first building, we, we, we also gave them a love offering. When you see these videos, these aren't just videos. These are, uh, these are uh, our missionaries we've invested in, and you've invested in. And their fruit is, and their, the part of their fruit is because you've invested in them as well. Um, and the building is a little more substantial than the cows we bought for, for Brother Tongdi's ministry in Laos. So, uh, but think about the cows, they multiply. Okay, we bought like five cows for those guys, and they're up to 20-something now. So I'm like, keep it up, okay? Uh, so that is literal fruit of your giving. So um, I still don't get that. They give the guy a cow so he can make some money so he can go out and start a church. And I'm like, hey. You want some more cows, call it. Call we have more staff members we can name them after. So uh, we did that. And I know, I know you're excited about the building coming to a complete conclusion. Uh, I'm excited too. And you say, Pastor, it's been great. And, and we've been giving and God's going to use this. But I encourage you, keep your giving coming. Keep your weekly and monthly commitments. Because as we're finishing up here... Um, do remember, we, we did not really have budgeted for that floor because we had that, that other floor that just didn't quite work out. But part of that is, is finishing the, a little uh, remodel of the inside of the old building, which, by the way, we've started. You probably don't see that because we don't meet in there, but uh, we started with the ladies' restroom. We've already done the Spanish, did the Spanish auditorium. You already know that. We've done half of the chapel over there. We're going to finish up the rest of it. Um, by the way, we've done a lot of the outside and... Um, and thankfully, I think I mentioned this, this uh, because of the port grant program, uh, we were able to purchase all the new windows there, and then we're getting new doors for the outside of the building. That was granted to us through the, um, the city port program, so um, I'm, I'm glad for that. I check that website every, every week, every month. I mean, it's on my calendar. Check it, because uh, we're right on the prime spot where the port has to... Uh, they donate money to certain projects to places that have schools and learning institutions, and that's us. And so um, we'll, t we'll take their money any day of the week, and it's helping us out. But let's be faithful. We'll get that remodel done and say, then, Pastor, what are we going to do next? I'll think of something, okay? Uh, we'll need something else, right? So, um, uh, and I appreciate your spirit in, in, in helping us and sticking with it, and I am excited about that. We're going to be in Ruth. If you'll turn to Ruth chapter number one. We haven't started a new series yet. I will in a few weeks on Thursday night. But I want to share a thought tonight from the book of, of Ruth. And we'll read Ruth and we'll start in uh, verse 8 together. And I won't be long tonight. Um, but I just want to share a key thought I think can encourage us <clears throat> and help us tonight. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 8. 
And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each of you to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grants you that you find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Will, why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that, you may, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them until they be grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters. For it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thereafter thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And then verse 18, and we'll stop here. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. In our day and in our times, many, Christian, many people are skeptical of Christians. In fact, Christians have really have, <clears throat> in a lot of places, and for proper reasons, I believe, they have a very bad uh, 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 view, people have a very bad view of Christians, or a very bad, what we would call, testimony of Christians. Now, some people don't like us, and I understand it, because uh, they, their problem is with Christ. Their problem is with the gospel. And there's nothing you can do about that. And they don't want to be convicted by their life. That's why, by the way, if you're at work, if you work somewhere, uh, you should let people know you're a Christian. And that's why they will nitpick at you. Because they, your, your testimony could be a source of conviction to them uh, about, about the truth of the gospel and the truth of the Lord. And that's very important. But the fact of the matter is most people are skeptical of Christians because we don't have a good testimony. Because we're not as, as, as committed as we say that we are. We have a bad testimony. I encourage you, when you're at work, tell people you're a Christian. Yep. Wherever I worked, uh, and I do it here too, but wherever I work, I would, if I got a job when I was younger, a new Christian, Bible college, out of college, I'd always make sure if I got a new job or the two, I somehow told them that I was a Christian. For two reasons. I just wanted, well, first of all, I just wanted to make sure that I'm keeping myself in check. And I wanted them to watch me. I wanted them to know I'm a Christian. And if you do that at work, I'm going to guarantee you probably two things. They're going to come and nitpick at you. And number two, they're going to come tell you about other people that they know who work there who are Christians who have a bad testimony. Now, now God forbid that that should be us. We ought to back up what we're saying, who we say we are, but with how we live. Most, Christianity's, most Christians' confession doesn't go any farther than words. That our confession, what we say, doesn't match our commitment, how we live. And that's a shame on us. If we're going to reach people, we have to do that. 
we have to be willing not just to share the gospel, but we ought to be willing with our lifestyles and what we do in our lives to back up what we say we believe. And I'm not, and, and, and I don't believe in this lifestyle stuff. Some people are like, well, you know, I'll just live the Christian life and people come ask me to be saved. That's fine. It won't happen. We got to share the gospel. But I know one thing that empowers, uh, empowers our witness to the gospel, our life. People can't argue with that. They'll argue other things, even if they know it's not true, because they don't want to hear the truth. But when your life matches up what you say, they can't help but listen to you. And so, uh, by the way, even if they say they aren't. In the early days of the church, when we were missions church, I worked in a warehouse. And there was several guys. They knew I was Christians, and I, I, they knew I was a Christian. I talked to them. And after I quit working there, and I was working full-time here, uh, I heard a, a couple of those I talked to became Christians, and God worked in their life. And they contacted me, and we talked to them. Because, because I wasn't perfect, but I tried to back up what I, what I said. And I tried not to be a bad testimony. That takes commitment. And if we're not committed more than in our words, we're not going to make much of a difference. Commitment. In chapter 1 of, of Ruth, Ruth is, it starts out by telling the story. We know the story. Uh, uh, um, they go, uh, Ruth's family, uh, or Naomi's family goes into, her husband takes their family into Moab because of a famine. And so they go into the famine. It's her, her husband, and her two sons. And they, 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 a lack of faith, by the way, took them there. And why they're there, naturally, the boys married Moabite women, which, by the way, was for, for, for prohibited by God because God knew that if they would intermarry with them, somebody's going to change their, 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 uh, their, their beliefs, and it's usually the one who used to follow God that changes their beliefs. And so they get married, the husband dies, and the son-in-law dies. And there they are, Ruth is, uh, or Naomi is stuck in this land with her two, uh, um, in a sense, pagan daughters-in-law, although there's a, a, a brilliant diamond in there, her name is Ruth. And so it comes to the time when she finally comes to her right mind and says, it's time for me to go back. Now, she heard that the famine was over, but she decides to go back. And she tells her two daughters-in-law that, that they should go back to their home. But there's one bright Shining light, someone who, uh, who, who God in his grace allowed them to come into contact with, and her name is Ruth. Ruth decides that's not what she's going to, de to, to do. Ruth had a great commitment. Naomi's trying to talk her daughters-in-law out of going. It amazes me. She even says, hey, go back to your home and go back to your gods and go back to the, like, What? Because Naomi was experiencing the bitterness of making a bad decision. And by the way, whenever you make a decision on your own and you're not following God's will, you're always going to end up in bitterness. Because it has to be somebody's fault. But what I like, and look at verse 18. One of the ladies, Ruth, decides, I am going to go. And as much as her mom pushed her to go, as much as she had opportunity to go back because her, sis her sister-in-law went back, she didn't go. Look at verse 18. And when she saw, this is talking about Naomi, and when she saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, here's the key, then she left off speaking with her. Notice that? She didn't give in. She had every opportunity to just do, you know, Lip, lip talk. 
just like, well, you know, I'm doing the right daughter-in-law thing, but she gave me a wide back door to do what probably, you know, the flesh would want to do, go back home. And by the way, she was going to a country that, that, that wasn't her home. And she was so committed, and she was so steadfast in what she wanted to do, that Naomi says, I can't talk her out of it. So I'm not even going to try. By the way, that seems to be the opposite of most Christians. See, we think that we can, we can reach people by leveling back on our convictions. But the world doesn't need that. You know what the world, the world doesn't need watered down Christianity. It needs someone who really believes what they say they believe. It needs somebody that will not be pushed off of their position under the guise of, well, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to reach people. You don't need to compromise to reach people. This world has seen enough, look, they're call, enough people who waver in their, in, in their beliefs if they have any. They're called politicians. They don't have beliefs. We don't need spiritual politicians. We need people that believe what is right and will stick with it. That was Ruth. So I want us to look at Ruth. I want us to look at two things about her commitment. A commitment that really you could say it, 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 it shut Naomi up. I want you to see, first of all, the obstacles that she had that could have hindered her commitment. And by the way, let me just say this. Whenever you're trying to be a committed Christian, there's always some obstacles you're going to have to overcome. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, and look, I know a lot of us in here maybe, and I'm glad that uh, I'm a first-generation Christian. I didn't have a Christian family. I got saved later, I had to go. But my kids are not first, are second-generation Christians. So we have a lot of those. But some of us, we, we, we're first-generation. And, and if, if you're a newer Christian... And you're going to be committed in your, as you go through and you grow in your faith and there's more things you learn and more things you understand. Hey, I need to commit to this. You're going to have to overcome some things. Because Satan will throw everything at you to get you to get off the direction you're going. And she had some obstacles that she had to overcome. But committed people understand that the only way to overcome obstacles is just be committed in the first place. See, the reason that we let things keep us from being committed is by the very nature that we're not committed in the first place. Do you understand what commitment is? Commitment says, this is who I am, this is what I believe, this is what I'm going to do, regardless of anything else. And if we have that type of mentality, an obstacle isn't an obstacle, it's just something you got to plow through, jump over, or go around. Amen. Commitment. It's like marriage, you know. Well, uh, you know, uh, okay, if you're old, you'll remember this one. Love will keep us together. Okay, I, I can tell your age by that one if you know that one. Can I just tell you something? Love doesn't keep you together. Love does. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm saying love doesn't keep you together. Commitment does. Okay, well, I just don't feel, I, I kind of messed that one up, didn't I? But it, it's like, well, you know, I, I just, well, so, guess what? You know what love is? Love is feelings. And you know feelings come and go, right? You know what commitment does? Commitment says, I don't care about feelings. All of us have that. I'm going to do the right thing. The same thing's true. What were some of the obstacles? Look at verse 8. Then Naomi said unto her daughters-in-law, go return each to your mother's house. You know what she said? Go back to your old life. 
Go back to your life before you ever met my sons, before you ever got married, before you ever got a new family. Go back to your old life. And let me say this. If, you've, if you got saved a little later on in life, don't let the old life rear its ugly head. We always have an inflated view of the way things used to be. Right? Oh, I remember back in the good old days, they weren't the good old days. They were the bad old days. It's like the children of Egypt. They wanted out of the children of Israel. They wanted out of Egypt because of the slavery, because of the misery. And as soon as there's a problem, it's like, hey, you know what? We used to eat leeks and melons back when we were in Egypt. What? They made it sound like some high-end, high all-you-can-eat buffet. No, it was slavery. There was nothing good about it. Amen. Quit letting that old life rear its ugly head in the first place. By the way, if you're a newer Christian, let me just say this. You're going to have to overcome that. Okay, you have to overcome it. Everything that's involved with it, don't let it get to you. We get on the internet and we look up our old friends and all this nonsense. Why? The new life is so much better than the old life. Get away from it. I understand. I, when I got saved, I did not have a lot of tact. I just quit seeing my friends. We didn't have cell phones and all that. And I'm like, I, I got right with God. I started going to church. And I'm like, I ain't hanging with those guys anymore. So I just ignored them. Call, didn't call them, didn't go by their house, didn't do anything. I remember a few weeks later, I'm at home, and one, a couple of them came by, like, man, what's going on? Where are you? What's going on? Like, I'm a Christian now. I go to church. I'm trying to live for God. You know, they had to leave really fast. But, but I, and, and I went back, and I circled back, and I brought them to church, and some of them got saved. But I'm like, I don't want the old life anymore. No. And by the way, some of you that have never experienced that, why in the world would you want to go to that? Oh, Remember, I got into it. I wasn't in the youth group, and you know the story. I wasn't in the youth group. I, I dropped out of high school, and I wasn't in the, I wasn't in the college and career because I wasn't their age yet. I had no group. But when I started being around the church and I saw some of these kids who grew up in the church, I'd see them talking about wanting to go in that life. I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't get far enough away from that life. Why in the world would you even entertain it? There's nothing good there. Let me just tell you that. I don't care what you're seeing on Instagram and all this nonsense. But the old life, it's not good. Well, also, another hindrance could have been a new place. I mean, she was uprooting everything. She was uprooting from everything she had ever known. The only place she had ever lived. Going to somewhere where she knew, we'll see in a second, everything there was going to be new. And she was willing to do it. She didn't let, she didn't want to, to stick with what she, what she knew. She was willing to move on. She overcame a bad example. Everywhere in her life, around her were bad examples. Her father-in-law was a bad example. He didn't trust God. He bailed out on him. Her mother-in-law, Naomi. Remember when, when Naomi comes back into town, they say, hey, is this Naomi? And she goes, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. You know what Mara means? Bitter. She goes, the hand of the Lord has come out against me. That wasn't God. That was your, that was your bad decision. 
And so all around her were these bad testimonies, as it were. And yet she still was committed to going with her mother-in-law. Her sister-in-law, that was a bad example. She could have followed that. What, she's going back? Why can't I go back? Quit blaming people. You, see, you know what we do? It's always somebody's fault when we want to backtrack, isn't it? By the way, quit watching this nonsense. Well, I used to go to a Baptist church and blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch of garbage. I've been in a Baptist church since I was 18, and I'm loving it. Say, well, is everybody you've ever met perfect? Nope. Okay? Not everybody in my family is perfect. Not everybody in my marriage is perfect. My wife is, so figure out who the one is that we're struggling with. That's nonsense. Thank you, Tim. One of you agrees. Tim, you're getting a raise, buddy. Get on the forklift and get that thing going. It's just, there's always excuse. Well, you know, I went to a Christian school, and they were strict. Uh, okay. Okay, so, so we kept you from getting in trouble? We kept you from things that would hurt you? You know, my, my parents, they just, you know, I, I had to do all these things. I know. I had all the freedom I wanted. I came from a broken home. You know what it did? It have, gave me opportunity to be messed up. I didn't look back and say, man, I, w I, 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 wish, I, I wish I had more. I, I wish I my mom would have been stricter. And she did the best she could, by the way. Yeah. But quit blaming others. There were real issues, too, that could have stopped her. Everything around her wasn't going well. But let me say this. She remained committed. Look at verse 16. Those were, the, uh, those were uh, some of the obstacles. Let me look at some obligations that she made. Look at verse 16. And we know these well, right? Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Now, I'm going to just say something. Where in the world did she get this kind of commitment level? It was not mirrored. It was not given to her as an example anywhere she went. And yet, here it is. Her, she grew up in a country where there were, where there were zero spiritual righteous influences at all. It was a pagan country. And yet here she is, as committed to the right things as possible. Her mother-in-law trying to push her away from that. I know some people use these in their, their wedding vows. But if you look at it, she wasn't making an emotional decision. She was making a solid commitment. Look at verse 14. After they talked, it goes, and they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. Oh, how emotional. Okay, Mom, I was willing to go, but send me home, and everybody's boo-hooing, and give me a kiss, and they're moving on. But Ruth clave unto her, right? Clue's like, no crying, none of this nonsense, I'm in. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of emotional Christianity. Yeah. I really, I, I, it, 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 it gnaws at me. You know, we all want to, you know, we want to come to church and, and, and plug ourselves into the wall, and then we go home and live like the devil. There's no God in that. 
We're not supposed to live by our emotions. And by the way, guys, you know, I guess I'm going to whine a little bit, and I say it often, but I'm tired of our feminized Christianity. You know, we, we, hey, welcome to church today. I hope you're blessed. Like, no one talks like that. Come on now. And we think it's cute. And you dress like a girl. Hey, you know, Jesus is awesome. I know, you, you got issues. I'm running the opposite direction. We think if we have this feminized, emotional Christianity, everybody will come running. Man, I see that stuff, I run too, the opposite direction. Why can't we just be people? Why can't we just, hey, look, I don't need to run on emotions. I want to run on something that's solid. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't want to be so up and down. You know, they, they, they you know, I, okay, I, I saw, I just, that, there's a reason I'm not on Instagram. I just, this, this is so nauseating. I mean, I'll, I'll be on Twitter, that's it, because I can get some good information, move on with my life, and I don't care what you had for dinner, all right? But you know, like, oh, I finally found a church that just emphasizes grace. And before, I was just so spiritually, emotionally traumatized. Traumatized by what? The truth? You know, they act like Jesus never said anything hard. Like every time Jesus was around, like throwing flowers, here we go. No, Jesus said some stuff that was pretty straightforward. And that's not traumatizing, it's actually helpful. Jesus, he was full of grace. And if you take one of those away, you got issues. Right? We just want the grace without the truth, and, and i got to move on. And, and, and by the way, that takes you down a, a very negative road. Now, we just, uh, now we're just opening ourselves up to sin, right? Oh, you know, you know, just everybody should be welcome to church. Everybody's welcome to church, but everybody's not going to tell the church what to believe, right? Well, we have to be accommodating to different people. We're accommodating everybody. But we're not going to have transgendered bathrooms. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's not helping anybody. There's a, uh, some Bible teacher on the radio. I don't listen to him. But he just came out and said, listen, if you have gay friends and they're getting married, you should go to their wedding and give them a gift. Because after all, you want to give the love of Christ. What? Jesus, look, Jesus went to church and knocked money t- tables over and threw stuff around and chased people out. Anyhow, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, commitment. Look at the, her commitments, and we'll give a couple minutes, we're done. Ruth said in verse 8, entreat me not to leave me. You know what she says? I'm fulfilling a responsibility. I'm a daughter-in-law. My mother-in-law is a widow. And by the way, in those days when a lady became a widow, it was really, really hard. They didn't have society to run to their aid. Family had to help. And Ruth is like, you know what? I have a responsibility here. And the right thing for me to do is to stay with my mother-in-law. Fulfilling a responsibility. With that, I hope that we will be faithful to our responsibilities. And again, when it comes to commitment, the greatest area where we struggle with commitment is in responsibilities. Because we've raised a generation of people who want everybody to do everything for them. 
right? Come on, guys don't want to grow up. They want to live in their parents' basement and play video games. Okay, I, I, we always say that, but it's like, this is California. We don't have basements, all right? We, you know, they live in, okay, here we go. Sorry, let's backtrack. They live in their parents' garage and play video games. Now, why don't you grow up, get a job, live for Christ, and get married to a girl? Well, you have to throw that out. You're committed in our families. That's a responsibility. Anybody can have children. But parenting's an action. Okay? Let's be committed to everything that God puts us in. Let's fulfill our responsibilities. I just want to have fun. Good, have fun. Fulfill your responsibilities. She also said, Or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go. She committed to following a path. She goes, if you're going to follow Naomi, there's a certain course you have to take. Now for us, what will we call that? We call that God's will. God has a path for each and every one of us. Now, now, very specifically, that's in the Word of God. If something's in the Bible, you can't argue with it. You do it. Years ago, years ago, I had a lady, and I stand in the back here, and she's like, she came, and she goes, Hey, man, God spoke to my heart. I know, I know, I, I know who's going to be my husband. And I'm like, well, what about the guy you're married to? Well, you know, no, we're not going to be together anymore. And I'm like, you're wrong. What is wrong with you? Okay, her elevator was missing a lot of floors. I'm like, the Bible's really specific about that. What, what, do you, what, what are we doing here? But now, we don't go that far, but we'll go, you know, well, you know, I just think this guy over here, I met him at a Starbucks. By, by the way, right there, just that phrase right there. Star, hey, this is not in the Bible, but this is good. Write it down. Starbucks is to coffee what McDonald's is to Hamburgers. Bad. Okay. No, 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 but he's a nice guy. Is he a Christian? Uh, uh, okay, no. God's pretty specific on that. Okay, so, so let's be very Follow the right path. By the way, her path led her somewhere. I'll read it to you. Matthew chapter 1, the, the genealogy. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. It's pretty high calling. She's in the lineage of Christ. But she never would have got there had she not followed that path. The reason we don't follow God's path is because, let's just be real honest here. Here's our problems. Here's our problem. We really don't trust God. We really don't have faith. When someone decides to do their own will over God's, what they're, here's what you're saying. You may not want to think it this way, but this is absolutely what it is. You don't believe that if you follow God's path, you would get to a good place in life. You don't believe it. You don't believe God is going to put you in the best possible place because the best possible place is the place God knows and you need to get there. It takes faith. Lord, I, I don't have this thing figured out, but I'll follow what you say. Follow the path. And she goes, where thou lodgest, I will lodge. She, you know what she's saying? I'll be firmly in place. I'll be where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. Thy people shall my, be my people, and I'm going through this. She's going to fellowship with the right people. She wasn't going to just move there with Ruth. She was going to become part of them. 
She's going to assimilate, be a part of that group. And by the way, that led her not just to following with those people. We'll see in a minute. She was committed to their God being her God. And she comes, as Boaz tells us in the thing, she comes to trust under his wings. Look at her, uh, uh, her, her devotion. She's going to be fruitful in her devotion. And thy God, my God. And then I like the last thing, verse 17. She's going to be faithful in her dedication. Where thou diest, I, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, but if aught but death part thee and me. You know, we say it in marriage, right? And, and most people, they're lying when they say it, but tell death do us part. You know, that's good, for, that's good for Christianity too. So how long does God want me to live for him? Until you die. And then you can go to heaven and, and, and serve him there. It's, it's forever. God's not looking for, for quick bloomers. God's looking for people that just plug it out. Plug it out. And by the way, there's always going to be jumping off points. There's always going to be things that will come your way if you're not careful and if you let it that will offer a door of opportunity to make a U-turn or go, go a different direction. And Satan will be there pushing you the whole time. What's the point? You know what we need? We don't just need Christians. We need committed Christians. Amen. We need Christians that say, you know what? I, I'm not just here for the now. I'm here for ever. Amen. Remember I was as a young person I started serving God and I'm like, Lord, I want to be this for the rest of my life. I probably shouldn't have said this, but I'm like, if I ever deviate, just kill me. I shouldn't have said that. But I said it. I'm still here. Perfect? No, but we should be committed. Listen, more church. So much the more as we see, we don't have time to play games. We don't. The time is getting short. And we don't need people that are playing church. We need people that are, are passionate about serving God. Everybody says it, I know, and it's just, it's just something to throw on their website. But we're passionate about God and passionate about getting the gospel out to this world. Amen. What are we waiting for? Let's take Christianity seriously and commit to it as she did. Let's pray together. Let's stand if we may. We'll just stand for a minute. We'll pray together and we'll be done. Let's bow our head and close our eyes and we'll pray. Now I hope, as, I hope that we will be dedicated to our faith. I hope that we will, we will take it seriously, seriously. We don't need, most people, you know, most of these church services are just, are just nothing but a bunch of games. And just feeding to the flesh. I don't have time, we don't have time for that. It's a world that needs Jesus Christ. Your family, listen to me, you young couples, you, your marriage and your family need a rock-solid commitment to Christ to make it. You're not going to make it without that. Oh, we're just so in love. I know, I know, I know. The world's going to throw everything at you. Let's be committed to Christ. Our Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your your, your word, which just challenges us on so many levels. And I pray, Father, you would help us to be committed to you. I pray, Father, that things of life come our way. People or problems will try to push us off of our faith. 
that we will just strengthen our resolve to serve you. May it be said of us, Lord, till death do us part. Thank you now for those that are here. I pray that you just bless us. As we go our way, Lord, help us to be more committed to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.